What's next for the Oklahoma Sooners on the recruiting trail after several recent commits? We'll talk with our man Brian Smith of the Locked On Network to find out what it all means for Oklahoma moving forward on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. And just like in LinkedIn, they're getting all the recruiting done. We're going to talk recruiting now with our man here on the Locked On Network, Brian Smith. He's got you covered with all things recruiting all across the network. Follow him on Twitter at FBS, sorry, FB Scout underscore Florida. Brian, how you doing, man? Doing well, sir. How about yourself? Doing, doing great. It's an exciting time right now for the Oklahoma Sooners. They've grabbed a couple commitments in the last week. Let's start with the most recent one in Zion Reagans, the four-star wide receiver prospect out of the Georgia area someone I know you're very familiar with. Just talk about what he brings to the table and why it's a big get for the Oklahoma Sooners. How often do teams go to the college football playoff without speedy receivers? They don't. Uh, this kid is blazing. Not the biggest cat in the world, but he can fly. Jet sweeps, uh, reverses, all the little things like that that are gadget plays that are key. And then I dare you to punt him the football. Uh, if you want to watch some fun, go watch his huddle film. It's just unbelievable what he can do with the football. And he's a kid that's been on our radar for a few years. He's dominated against some big schools, and he's the guy that will do everything technically wrong, go all the way back across the field, and he's got all the defenders have the angle, and they still don't touch him. He just, he's just better. So, yeah, he's the kind of guy that can change your defense because of how you play coverage. It's going to change. You're going to play man against him. Yeah, I mean, if you want, you can. Good luck. So he's, he's a very important player. Oklahoma, I mean, if you think about it, slot receiver over the last 10 years, they've been about as good as anybody in the country. This guy kind of continues that on. And it's, it's kind of cool, too, because, I mean, if you think about the staff that came over from Clemson, they know that South Georgia into South – they're going to probably get a kid like this every year just because they know all the coaches and stuff down there. It's an advantage for the Oklahoma Sooners. And I was talking about it a little bit on our show yesterday that – they haven't really had a guy with the speed that he brings to the table since Marquise Brown. And I think it's been a little bit noticeable too, because the passing game just hasn't been as explosive and it hasn't necessarily even been as efficient in the intermediate part of the game either, because you don't have somebody that threatens a defense deep opening things up underneath. I mean, Spencer Rattler, we know he's got the talent to be a good quarterback, but kind of struggled in the underneath game a little bit. I think we could say the same thing for Dylan Gabriel last year too, that when things weren't wide open underneath, it was a bit of a difficulty, but that's a lot in large part because even though Marvin Mims, he's got speed, I don't think he's got the same kind of a speed as Marquise Brown did or maybe Zion Reagan's had. He could get open, but it just didn't seem like teams were as concerned with him running by you as they were with Marquise Brown. Even when Brown was on the field and let's say Oklahoma went one or even two series in a row and he wasn't targeted, 
you could still make an argument he was the most important player to the Sooners. Why? The other team, I guarantee you, accounted for him on every play, and the adjustment to him means somebody else is single covered, has an easier time getting a free release. You need great players to not only, you know, make the catch, and Lord only knows he did, but you also need them to do things when they're not bumping up their own stats. It's really hard to compete with that guy. Like, he had speed where guys were seven yards off the ball at the snap, and he still ran by him. I mean, like, he was blazing. That's what this kid can do. Reagan's is that same kind of dude, and he's also a guy that's – White Brown could make you guys miss, catch a three-yard pass, and then just zig and zag through. It's very frustrating. So, yeah, I, I think he's going to impact the Sooners in the run game, how the teams play more zone, et cetera. Because if you come up – you're a man team, you got to pick your business decisions when you go up against speed like that. And a lot of people look at his size and they're maybe a little bit concerned about how well that's going to translate. But again, thinking of a guy like Marquise Brown, he never became a, you know, 180, 190 pound wide receiver. He was always still pretty slight, but he made it work for him. And I think that's going to be a similar situation with Zion Reagans. Yeah. You might want to add some, some strength and weight to him, but you don't want to cut down on what he does best. And that his, that's his speed, his agility, his lateral movement ability, because he's dangerous with the football, without the football in his hands. There are a couple kids down here in Florida that I yell at all the time. And I tell them if they don't gain weight, I'm going to throw peanut butter at them, like just joking <laughs> around. And some kids just, it doesn't matter. Like their metabolism is just different. They know I'm giving them grief, but like, it is what it is. If you're that guy, then maximize it. I'm smaller than you, but I'm, I'm damn sure well going to be faster too. How often do you want to chase the jackrabbit, especially in the fourth quarter when it's a hundred degrees and, you know, like an early September game at Oklahoma's, I'm sure you've sweated a few times there. That's the kid nobody wants to see get the ball on a, on a bubble screen. No defensive lineman wants to chase that guy. That's awful. So right. he's going to have an impact in ways that you can't even calculate based on yards and catches and touchdowns. I'm telling you, getting speed like this, especially when you're running no huddle, doing some up-tempo stuff, is horrible. He's going to make plays that are going to be really exciting for the Sooners. And I think – on that speed note, my favorite comp is Alabama because Alabama did not shy away from adding as much speed as they possibly could with Jalen Waddle and Devonte Smith and Henry Ruggs. I mean, they were loaded with speed at wide that might receiver. Have been the best receiver group in 2019 I've ever seen. Yeah. It was incredible to watch and they just had speed all over the field. And then they came downhill at you with the running game. It was just, it was just incredible. And I think that's what Oklahoma is kind of doing in a sense. You know, they got Jaquay's Petaway in the 2023 cycle. They've already got KJ Daniels out of Louisiana committed. And then now getting Zion Reagan's committed. I mean, those are three guys with legit track speed. And that's not 100%. even talking about the potential to add Caden Durham at running back uh, a little bit later in August, where you have, a bunch of dudes that run legit 100 yard dash times. Um, in addition to Brennan Thompson, the Texas transfer, who was the 200 meter state champion in six a down in Texas. So like speed kills, I've said it a lot this week. You can't teach it. You can't train it. 100%. You can get a little bit faster, but you can't get as fast as these guys are fast. Uh, we're going to continue to talk recruiting. We're going to talk about my man, Jaden Jackson. This is the one that Brian and I talked about way before it seemed like Oklahoma was the favorite uh, for him. So we're going to discuss Jaden Jackson, 
what it means for the Sooners, also what it means potentially for uh, one of his good buddies in David Stone, uh, as well as Taylor, Taylor Tatum's commitment that's coming down the pipeline this week as well. But first, let me talk to you about our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every potential new hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go to LinkedIn, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hire versus leading competitors. So go to LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So let's talk Jaden Jackson, because in the weeks leading up to his commitment to Oklahoma, it didn't really seem like the Sooners were part of the race. I mean, a lot of it was trending towards Miami, Texas, Ohio state was still very much in the mix on that front. And then seemingly the Monday before his commitment or a few days before his commitment, the tide turned and the Oklahoma Sooners landed again. I'll say it, my favorite prospect in the 2024 cycle in Jaden Jackson, a legit nose tackle type. That's going to be a definite game changer for the Sooners. Jaden's one of my favorite kids to talk to in the 24 cycle. Very humble. He's from Utah originally. His family moved to just outside Indianapolis, Indiana, and he just wanted to play against even more competition, so they sent him to IMG. He was good when he got there, but the difference in him last year to like this year, technique, the effort, the size, the strength. I mean, there's they have two weight rooms that are like NFL level at IMG legitimately. they got trainers all the time, et cetera. He's put in the time, man. I was physically there watching him work out with some guys when he didn't have to. Like coming out with it, there's this normal guy. He's not your your average guy. He puts in effort that you cannot teach. Oklahoma Oklahoma fans will love his effort. The technique that he has, though, to get off blocks for a high school kid interior is about as good as it gets in the country. He does not get anywhere near enough love because he doesn't fit the profile with the length. He's a little shorter, etc. But like you said, he's a nose guard. He will play with leverage. And he can stuff the run because he's a, he's a big, strong kid. But his first step, he can get in the backfield and be a passer. Most nose guards suck at rushing the passer. Let's right. just be honest. He will be a guy with technique and speed that can get in the backfield. He reminds me a little bit of, a, of Washington's uh, former nose tackle, Vita Vea, a little bit oh, on wow. that, in that vein. You know, like a guy that has got great size, great strength. He plays the run really, really well. But again, you talk about that quick first step. Vita Vea, I mean, he moves in such a way that you don't see that every day. You know, a guy that has the agility, and, and that's what you see out of Jaden Jackson, a guy that has lateral movement skills that sh- nobody his size should have. It's just, the, again, I think it comes back to a little bit of the work ethic, but just some natural ability that he's able to work with. Um, the leverage aspect of that is going to be so key because you're right. Yeah, playing nose tackle, you don't have to be 6'5", you know, with a, what, eight-foot wingspan to be an impactful dominant nose tackle you just got to be able to be the low man in the blocking scheme take up your space get off your blocks and win and and everything you see out of the kid he does that now i get what you're you know a lot of people probably have i don't want to say overlooked him but so much focus has been on david stone at img academy that 
a lot of times he kind of flew under the radar, but it seemed that as his recruitment went along, more and more people were kind of catching on that, hey, with as many schools that are chasing this kid, there's something there that's really special. Yeah, his offer list is ridiculous. Don't go by what I say. Go by what all these coaches making millions of dollars are saying. Do you think Miami and Florida and Texas, et cetera, are just giving him an offer for fun? No. I mean, he had Ohio State, et cetera. He had a ton of offers. So, yeah, he, he's really good. And the other good thing, I, I heard his family might even move to the state of Oklahoma to be closer to him. Like, they're, they're all in. So, I, I have no idea. I haven't talked to Jaden since he committed. But I'll, I'll see him in a few weeks when they play. But uh, I'm curious to see what his final reason was. I mean, when I talked to him a month, month and a half ago, like, he didn't even have it down to 10. Like, he was, like, he was just so overwhelmed with all the offers. He was kind of shocked. And it's cool to see that because he was a very humble guy about it. And, he, you know. Good for him. He's worked his way into a position to go to play for Oklahoma. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It is pretty cool to see a guy that kind of rise through the rankings a little bit and also, you know, raise his recruiting profile as the process goes along. Uh, You you hear the words that he is at least shared with on three rivals, you know, two, four, seven. And a lot of it comes down to the coaching staff and just being blown away. And he even admitted that he wasn't considering Oklahoma until he went there for an official visit and almost didn't go to Oklahoma on an official visit. And I said it a couple of weeks ago that I can't imagine how a high profile prospect makes a decision with 26 power five football programs coming after him with some of the top tier programs in the country. I have a hard time sometimes at the Whataburger drive through line, making a decision, let alone trying to figure out where my football future would be if I was somebody as good as a Jaden Jackson, a David Stone. So, so we, we talked a little bit about, some of the talent, some of the skills, what does that do for a defensive line and a defense to bring on somebody who's a legit nose tackle? He's not somebody that you're kind of forcing a, you know, a round peg into a square hole. He's a guy that's going to be able to line up over the center and, and do his job and do it really, really well. Well, it's time to get a little techie. Um, he's athletic enough to play zero tech, one tech, three, three man or four man. And that, that's, that's a six hour demonstration on what he could be used to like, Venables would just love this segment. If he was here, I'd hand it over to him and we'd never get to show it in very late. <laughs> but he's a guy that you can change your defense because if you're going to run three-man line, even if it's a one-gap scheme, you got to have a guy at nose guard, man. Because if your nose gets doubled and he's not able to handle it, even a mediocre running back is going to get five a pop. That's no good. When it's second and five, that quarterback back there, he's licking his chops because he's got carte blanche on what he wants to call. you got to have a guy there. And Venables has always had great interior D linemen. Not always guys that were super highly recruited, but most. But they always had one thing in common, and that's foot speed. He's recruited guys that could get up the field quickly. Jaden fits it. And I I know firsthand from seeing him, I don't even know how many times, you're not going to out-effort him. This is a good match. He will play early, and he will play in multiple roles. I guarantee it for the Sooners because he won't be overwhelmed by the playbook. He'll take that in as something that's he's proud to do other than, oh, I got to do this. He's a kid that'll not be very difficult to get to buy into Oklahoma's program. And that's a great thing. Yeah, it is a great thing. Cause as you're rebuilding a program, you're looking for the kids that are not just talented, but are ready to come in and, and do whatever's yes. asked of them. I think that's why I got like Jonah Laula, the, the uh, Hawaii transfer was so, um, 
he became such a fan favorite because, you know, he's just willing to do whatever. He even said, I'll play long snapper if the coaches ask me to do it. I'll do whatever it takes. Uh, so the question right. that's on everybody's mind, though, is what this means for David Stone. In addition to getting a big time commitment in Jaden Jackson, I mean, David Stone's a, a good friend. They they shared kind of their their feelings for one another on, on social media. Um, we don't have a commitment date for David Stone in even being rumored at this point. But uh, does this kind of nudge the needle heavily in the favor of the Sooners by getting one of his kind of close buddies that he plays ball with? I mean, it can't hurt. I know, I know they talked about it a long time ago. I always get a little weary of saying, well, because this kid's going, the other one's going. Stone is okay. his own guy. Um, if I had to pick, he's going to go to Oklahoma, and I'm, I'm pretty certain that's where he'll end up. But it doesn't have anything to do with Jaden. That's the bonus. They are good friends, but I mean, they play next to each other literally at high school. So yeah. it's ironic um, because they're, you know, one's from Oklahoma and one's from Utah. They don't, you know, they don't have much in common there. But at the end of the day, sometimes college football brings some very unusual reunions. Uh, they ended up in Florida together. <laughs> they could possibly end up in Norman, Oklahoma. That's pretty odd. But yeah. again, that's college football. That's why we love it. So, yeah, but David is his own man. Uh, he'll make a decision for David Stone. This Friday, Taylor Tatum, the number one running back in the class, is going to make his commitment known. Oklahoma seems to be the trending favorite uh, with crystal ball predictions, rival future cast on three predictions as well. USC isn't a team to count out of this, uh, just based on Lincoln Riley's history with offense and and who knows what they can put together. Uh, the Trojans, I mean, he's a two-sport kid that wants to play baseball at the collegiate level. What do you make of this recruitment in the final days before his commitment? Looking at the offenses that he's considering, how similar they are, ironic, obviously, because the coach was one moved. It's another bit of irony. It's a good fit. I was watching his film again a little bit ago. He's a slight cut one direction or the other. And if he didn't guess right in advance, it's over. His foot speed is sickening. I don't know what the hell he does on a baseball field, but I know he does it fast. Yeah. So it, it's incredible what guys like this can do now in college football. Because before the spread really came in, this is a kid that redshirted, they had to add weight because everybody ran between the tackles. You can move this kid out of slot. Like he runs corner routes. He'll catch a slant and make guys miss. He's not a running back. He's a football player. And he will beat you in 100 ways. Do not kick him the football. That stubborn coach that wants to kick the football, punt it, okay. That's your decision. You can go on the unemployment line too. You have to make business decisions with kids like this because they're just better than your scheme. So Saban always talks about when he gets mad at his coordinators on third down, he made a mention a couple of years ago. He, he said, I'm not concerned about the play call. Are we getting the ball to the right player? And he says it often gets really quiet on the headset. Mm. Well, this is one of those kids that needs to be in strong consideration on third and four, running or passing. He's a, he's a dude. So I get why Oklahoma and USC are his final picks. They're great fits for the scheme. And, man, he's dynamic. He's dynamic. What do you make of Oklahoma's 2024 recruiting class so far? You know, it's still early. We're like five months till early signing period. But with what where they're at now and what seems to be coming with Williams O'Neary and David Stone and possibly Taylor Tatum if they do end up with those commitments and signings, I mean, where does this end up for Oklahoma? Well, that depends on the following question. Are you – continuing that conversation in addition to the transfer portal or just the recruiting class. Cause like O-line is the one spot. I don't know how that's going to finish. And that's always a spot I worry about for every team. 
because it's a numbers game. That's the hardest spot to evaluate and project. For whatever reason, they've missed on some O-line targets, and that's part of, you know, it happens. But they've got arguably the best O-line coach in the country too, so it's like they could make up for it with one or two transfers. So how do you how do you grade that? And then, quite frankly, it comes down to whether or not you get Stone and Winery and a couple other key guys. And we're not going to know those until signing day. So right now, I'd say they're trending where they need to be, but I still have some question marks. And, I mean, it could end up a top 10 class or may not be top 20. I mean, if you miss on Stone, Winery, and a, and a couple of O-linemen, things could go in the wrong direction. It's kind of high-stakes poker. So if you were to kind of put a uh... – percentage on chance that Oklahoma finishes with another top 10 class, where would you put it? 50, 50. Okay. 50, yeah, 50. Cause I mean, like if you get one there, just hypothetically, you got one and stone because I, and I hate how rankings are done. I'll explain that in a second. But if you get those two kids based on how the networks do it, cause they, they just want the most clicks. Let's just be real here. They're, they're going to shoot up. Real football is about quarterback. A third of your class, in my opinion, at minimum, should be rated on your quarterback play. It's just that's how games are won. But D linemen are pretty darn important, too. And those two guys, I mean, they're just dudes. Uh, Winery and Stone would have a chance to be at minimum co starters their freshman year and both probably start as sophomores. That's not normal. So at a school like Oklahoma, they have a chance to finish the top five to eight if they hit on all these big, big shots. But that's why you play it out, man. You just don't know. Yeah, you got to keep recruiting. You don't stop recruiting until uh, no. the signature is on the paper. Those papers are faxed in. One question about a 2025 prospect that just recently came on Oklahoma's radar. That's defensive end Isaiah Campbell out of North Carolina. Uh, what do you know about him? What's what's his game like? And I mean, he's another kid that, okay, he's got a list that already looks really oh, strong. No, I, I heard of, it's ironic that you, you brought him up the other day, a buddy of mine called me and we were talking about him. He said, Hey, you watched him. Blah, blah, blah. And I'd seen some of his film, but I went back and watched it again today. God blesses certain people a little bit differently. Like his width and all that. You just see him standing there. You kind of get like a mental picture in your head. Okay. He's going to be this fast, this strong. His get off is like a kid that's six foot one or two fifty, but he's six, five two seventy or whatever. Length like that usually takes a little longer to get going, but he can explode and he's strong enough to be a two gap guy. He'll have 50 offers. Um, he's from North Carolina. It's a state that again, this coaching staff, I know it says Oklahoma on their, on their shirt, but it's really not to me. It's the Oklahoma slash Southeastern university because they're going to recruit down there. That's what they right. know. And it's going to be a huge advantage. North Carolina is one of the fastest growing States in population and football talent. People moving down from Pennsylvania, New Jersey, all over the place to get to warmer weather. And that state has exploded. And for some reason, they always have D linemen. And this kid's a dude. He, he's got an NFL potential because you can't teach the frame and the get off. It's an exciting prospect. But again, it's a, it's one of those recruitments that's going to be really tough based on who he's already got in his top 10 oh, and on his offer sheet. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> who's who of college football recruiting right now on Isaiah Campbell's uh, uh, top 10 list. And then who's going to be on the. Uh, the, the offer sheet when it's all said and done. But uh, Brian, thank you so much for being a part of the show today, giving us a little update on uh, what's going on on the recruiting front. We'll talk to you next time. Y'all make sure you follow Brian on Twitter at FB scout underscore Florida. Go check out some of his work on SI.com slash Miami. Yep. Yep. There it is. Okay. Thank you. I 
just I, it was in my head, but I didn't write it down. So I wanted to make sure I got it right. <laughs> so go check out some of his recruiting work. You can also check him out across the network. He's doing interviews all over the place. You can just search in YouTube, Brian Smith, and I'm sure you'll find interviews with him with teams like Oregon and all over the place on the Locked On Network. He's doing busy work. So thank you, Brian, for stopping by. Subscribe to Locked On Sooners on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. Follow myself on Twitter at John9Williams. You can follow my buddy Josh Helmer. Taking a little bit of time off this week. Uh, just to refresh, relax. So follow him at Josh on Ref. But until next time, he's Brian. I'm John. Boomer Sooner.